Finish this for me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me or harm me. Oh, beloved, if that were only true. Quick show of hands. Who's ever been harmed by someone's words? Show of hands. Okay, so right now that phrase, not really true. Now to become a little more personal with you this morning, how many of you have harmed people with your words? Get them up. Let's work through the text together. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Just so you know, when I read that verse, uh, mostly my response, uh, why is this so? We are responsible, those who are teaching, we're teaching others, and of course, with teaching, use many words. And this is what's so difficult is in controlling the tongue. So it starts, James starts this section with talking about teachers, but this, does, this applies to more than just those who are teachers. But again, if you think about it, we're constantly instructing one another in our lives. We're constantly teaching each other things, and we're supposed to be. But I think this is especially true for those who are in my position, or some of you who may be teachers. You will be judged more harshly or stricter. We need to be careful with that. Verse 2, For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. There's a lot here. First of all, for we all stumble. So if you have in your mind for the, the notion that you don't stumble, that you're perfect, guess what? James says, we all stumble. So stop that right now. We all stumble. What's also interesting is James says that we stumble in many ways. Now, in one sense, we need to take heed of that and not try to continually stumble, but at the same time, we also need to be encouraged because guess what? You're not alone. We all stumble, and we stumble in many ways. As he continues there, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. Or woman, you could say. Anyone in here, have you've never stumbled with what you said? No. Me either. James is making the point here because then he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. Basically, if you can, if you can control everything you say and never stumble, you're going to have the ability to control your whole body and never stumble. Because this is even harder to control than even your whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Pretty straightforward. Look look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by such a small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. 
So also the tongue is a small member, yet boasts of great things. And if the passage ended there, we could go home and feel really good about ourselves, probably. But it doesn't. So, as we transition to the next verses, buckle up. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life. What is James saying? First of all, he's saying, yeah, if you had the ability to control your mouth, you would be perfect. But realize what your tongue is. It is a small fire. But what it does, what we use it for at times destroys so much. Those of you who are familiar with forest fires and things of that nature, if you go camping, they'll say, make sure you put out your fire. Right? Because even the smallest thing, little spark, can start a fire. And then we see, especially out west, acres upon acres, thousands of acres are just burned and destroyed. And that even goes into people's homes that live nearby and are destroyed, all from a small spark. We see that that's true in the real world. What James is saying is, your tongue's doing the same thing. Your tongue is doing the same thing. A world of unrighteousness. That's how he describes the tongue. A world of, not just a little bit, a world of it. Full of unrighteousness. And with it, because the tongue, what comes out of our mouth, ultimately comes out of our hearts. He's saying that it stains the whole body. And it's set, setting on fire the entire course of life. Listen to me, folks. If we're not careful with our tongues, we can destroy our lives and the lives of others. And some of you can testify to that. It's interesting as it says there at the end of that, uh, verse 6 there, and set on fire by hell. That's where that's coming from. What's interesting is that word there, Jehenim. Yes, it's used especially in the spiritual sense as far as hell, but just to give you how vile that, what this is talking about is this was a valley, this is a place where children, children were being sacrificed to a, a fake god. That's how... James is trying to drive home the point. That's how evil your tongues are if they're not controlled. Verse 7, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. If you think for a second that you have this under control under your own power, you are wrong. You cannot tame your tongue. It's not possible for us in humanly standards to do this. It is not possible. We can tame all these animals, lions, tigers, elephants, whatever. We can tame all of that and can't even something this small. We can't do it. It's mind-boggling. Because, continuing in verse 8, It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. 
I want to read to you another verse. Proverbs 18, 21. Listen to what the writer of this proverb says about the tongue. 18.21. I'll read 20 as well because it's good. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Now listen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruits. What the writer is saying, that your tongue, believe it or not, you have the ability, when you speak to people, you either move them closer to death or you move them closer to life. Your tongue has that much power. And so part of what we have to constantly consider is, what, am I about, what I'm about to say, does it bring life or does it bring death? Brings death a lot. Yes, Bella. It's full of deadly poison. Think about poison for a second. Sometimes, certainly, poison kills quick, right? Sometimes that happens. But a lot of times, when someone is being poisoned, or you're poisoned by the water near you, or poisoned by a nuclear power plant or something that happened, you see these stories, what, how does that happen? It's over time. It just poisons and poisons and poisons and eats away and kills James is saying, this is where the tongue is at when left to ourselves, and no human being can tame it. With it we bless our Lord and Father. Praise you, Lord! So thankful to be in the house of the Lord today, aren't we? Oh, it's just wonderful. So thankful for this. Love God's Word. Certainly hate George. Oh, that Mary Martin. You should have seen what she did. Oh, my goodness. Oh, love Jesus. Oh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, the Trinity. Jesus is, oh, God is love. It's wonderful. Did you see what Julie was wearing? Can you believe that? Do you know what Roy said to me? I'll tell you what he said. I'll stop there. No. You see, we're doing both. It's equivalent to, oh, Heather, I love you and I hate you. Oh, I need you in my life. I don't need anything to do with you. It doesn't add up. It's not how it's supposed to be. We, with it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. even those who are yet to become Christians, the Soninke people, those people, those who are on a different political party, those we don't agree with. It's, you don't have to agree with everything. We can stand up for what we believe in. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is, do you curse them? Do you curse them with your mouths? They're made in the image of God. Last I checked, John 3.16 says Jesus died. For who? The world? God loves the world? We're going to curse people with our tongues? And then even worse, if that weren't enough, we then do it to each other. Our brothers and sisters in the faith in our own church. 
We do it to our own families. Talk about our children, our sister, our brother, our father. And again, it's, not, it's one thing to discuss what's going on and want to help. It's another to curse with the intent to hurt. Maybe I could see those people over there that are blowing people up and doing this other, you know, killing. Even them, they're made in the image of God. We don't need to be cursing them. We need to be praying for them. We can say, that's wrong what they're doing, and I pray that God saves them. But even more so, we do this with one another. And it destroys and it kills. It absolutely kills. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers. These things ought not to be so. Verse 10. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. It shouldn't be both. It shouldn't be both. If you're someone here today and you have the, we'll say in this sense, salt water because you're not a Christian yet, today you can become a Christian and that source can be changed to that fresh water. But even for those of us who are Christians who have this source that's been changed, if we're not careful, we'll continually be spitting out things that are salty, not in the good sense. It shouldn't be this way. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Be in verse 33. This is what, listen to what Jesus says here. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. My concern is that all too often in our churches we have a lot of people who say, I'm a good fruit tree in the sense that I've professed faith in Christ. And then we look at their lives and it's bad fruit. Why is it bad fruit? Not because we're better than they are, because they're not a good tree yet. But the big concern is, why do they think that they're a good tree? Because they have never heard the true gospel. They've been told, well, just ask Jesus into your heart and you'll be saved. That's true as long as you fully know what that means. Repenting of sin and following Christ. Not just an emotional decision that you made one time, especially because your mom or dad wanted you to. Good trees will bring good fruit. Bad trees will only bring bad fruit. And again, that's not because of how great we are, but it's because of how great Christ is and how He changes us and gives us a new heart and gives us His Spirit. Jesus continues, You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, listen carefully, beloved, listen carefully. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now don't miss this. By your words you'll be justified. What that is saying, ultimately, our justification is in Christ alone. 
If your words are, I am a sinner, I have been a sinner, I was born into sin, as David talks about, I believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, that He lived this perfect life and died on the cross in my place for my sins, and my justification is in the fact that He rose after the third day, and I believe in that, and, he, and I, through that I am justified. That's the Gospel. If your answer is anything else, you're not a Christian. Hear me. If you say, well, why, how can I go to heaven? If your answer is anything else other than the blood of Christ, you don't, you're not a Christian. I love you, and I'm just telling you, you're not a Christian. The unloving thing for me to do would just say, continue. If you think for a second it's by anything else, you will be condemned by the words that you say and that you have said. It's by the justification of Christ alone. Flip back over to James. Part of what we have to understand is, who are we in this conversation? Are we the, the good, pond, the good well where source is coming out? Do we have the Holy Spirit inside of us? Are we made new? Because if we are, there's hope for your tongue. There's hope for your tongue if you're made new. If you're not, there's no hope for your tongue. It's going to continue to speak poison. As a Christian, at least you have a chance. But again, not on your own doing. No human can do that. The chance that you have is that just like we guide, you get the horse and you put the bit in and we guide the horse or the pilot of the ship, the rudder's there and the pilot is guiding it. When we submit to Christ, when we ask Him to fill us with His Spirit, when we walk in step with God's Spirit, when we say, I'm following you, Christ, take control of my tongue. Take control of my life. He guides us. And that's the chance we have. And that's the only chance we have. Finish this last section. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, conduct let him... Show his works with meekness of wisdom. Those who have understanding, those who have God's spirit, show your good conduct in the meekness of wisdom. Wisdom that's been given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Show that you're a believer. But, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Bitter jealousy. You know what that is? Why them? Why not me? It's a lack of contentment. It's usually covered with a lot of complaining and grumbling about others. Jealous about what other people are doing or have. Selfish ambition. I want to be noticed. I want to be first. So I'm going to use my tongue to destroy and bring others down. Instead of use it to encourage. This is in your hearts, James is saying for some of you. Don't boast and be false to the truth. Verse 15, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above. That's what we're talking about with our, this series, right? Practical wisdom from above. That doesn't come from above. If you have jealousy, if you have selfish ambition, if you're speaking like the tongue does commonly... This is, listen to James, this is what he says, verse 15. It is earthly, it is unspiritual, and then he says it's demonic. 
demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. It destroys. The tongue destroys the church. The, the tongue destroys the family. The tongue destroys everything. And what's interesting is in the book of Titus, Paul giving instructions to Titus, and he talks about those who are being divisive in the church, those who are dividing the church, especially with their tongue and the things that they're saying. You know what he says? He actually says, warn that person two times and then have nothing to do with them anymore. That's how important it is for us to control our tongues and not have this selfish ambition, this jealousy. We have to do this because it destroys everything if we're not careful. And the only way we can do it is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Left to ourselves, we have no chance. That's the harder part of the message. Listen to how this finishes up. This is why we're going this far. Verse 17. But the wisdom from above... What did, what did it say earlier in James? If we want wisdom from above, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Ask. He'll give it, right? We need to be Christians. Ask God. Give us wisdom. Listen to what we have access to because of Jesus. This is what we have access to. We just heard what it's like if we don't have Jesus or we're not seeking out Jesus. Listen to what we have access to. Listen. Wisdom from above is pure then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness, which we desire that as a church. We desire a harvest of righteousness among us and our community is sown in peace by those who make peace. If we're using our tongues and our hearts, we want peace, we want unity, we want righteousness, and we ask for this wisdom from above. He'll give it to us, and we can have this, not because we're great, but because He's great. Are you tracking with me? Okay. Here's the response. If you're not a Christian, if you answer in some other way, If you were asked, how are you going to get into heaven? And you think for a second, if it wasn't your thought, Jesus only. The way you respond today is you become a Christian. You say, Jesus only. I've got to, I need Jesus. I cannot control my tongue. I cannot control my heart. I cannot control anything without Jesus. I need Jesus. That's your response today during our invitation. You cry out to God. Believe in Christ. If you are a Christian and you've had this problem with your tongue, at some point we all have and do, cry out for the wisdom from above. Please, Lord, help me to tame my tongue. Help me, Lord, control my mouth. Think. On the back of your bulletin, I have five letters for you. It says, think. I saw this somewhere, and I think it is helpful. When you're about to say something, figure out, one, is it true? Is what I'm saying true? Not, do I think it's true or I heard that it's true? Is it actually true? Not gossip. Is it true? Is it helpful? Just because something may be true, it may not be the most helpful thing to say at that moment. Is what I'm about to say going to build somebody up, lead to life, or is it going to build, bring them down, lead to death? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? And what I think we, the way we spin that is, 
Is it inspiring in the sense of that it talks great about Christ and about God and about being like Christ? Does it do that? Is it necessary? Is what I'm about to say, is it necessary for me to say this to or about somebody? And lastly, is it kind? If it's not one of those things, don't say it. We don't have to speak all the time. If we're Christians, let's repent of gossip, backbiting, slander, whatever may be going on. Let's change from that and let's commit to one another, commit to Christ, that we are going to do our best to think before we speak because we do know that our words hurt. Let's go ahead and pray. Have Roy come on up. God of all grace, we are thankful that you love us, Lord, that you have not left us to stay in this state where we can't control anything about our lives, about our tongue, our minds, anything, Lord, but you've given us the ability in Christ to have a new heart. You've given us the ability to have our minds renewed by your word, to be filled with your Holy Spirit, and to love one another and truly use our tongues for good, to build up the body, to encourage. Lord, help us to do so, Lord. Show us in our lives where we need to repent of these things so we can not divide and not hurt, but to unite this church body as you've been doing, Lord. Please continue to do that. I pray for my brothers and sisters now and those who are in here who may not know you, Lord. I pray we would respond accordingly by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.